Hello everybody, it's Mitch Michaels. Time for another episode of The Money Mitch Effect. Today's show is going to be predominantly featured with an interview I did with Sean Sullivan of NFL Media, Sully as I call him, and everybody who knows somebody with the last name Sullivan is a Sully. Um, but he's a good friend of mine, works for NFL Media, big Tennessee volunteer fan, and we chopped it up about the SEC uh, their struggling week, his volunteers finding a way to just get by Appalachian State, Alabama's dominant win over USC, you know, LSU struggles, and uh, all the news and notes from uh, week one in the SEC and in all of college football, which, uh, and I call it week one, by the way, I just want to throw this out there, this isn't the NCAA committee, especially on this show, with how they do the first round of NCAA basketball being the playing game. Now, week one was this week. With all due respect to Cal and Hawaii, week one uh, was the week that had all of the games on it. Uh, before we get into the interview and uh, before I take you to the uh, call we took, I took with him on Skype, I wanted to talk about some other things we weren't able to cover uh, on the show. The Big Ten, Ohio State, and Michigan, the two front runners, just dismantling the competition. Ohio State 77 to 10 over Bowling Green, and Michigan 63-3 over Hawaii. Uh, starting with the latter, I don't think Hawaii had much of a chance given the uh, travel and also the lack of talent. I think that was a big deal, too. Uh, generally, with sports, if you're not as talented, it's going to be an uphill battle. But having to play Australia, no week off, going right to the big house in Michigan where they've been waiting all season to get back in, into the driver's seat, that was going to be a tough one for them. Bowling Green, um, anybody that knows me knows I'm a big fan of Maction. Tuesday, Wednesday night, Mac football, high school environment, sometimes high school level play on the field. You know, one-fourth filled stands, cold, it's, it's muggy, no one knows what to do. Down is up, up is down. Uh, but Bowling Green probably not going to contend in the Mac this year. And Ohio State just, you know, you look at the end of that game, 77 to 10 seems like they're running up the score, but I don't think Bowling Green... Uh, you know, could have stopped them on any stretch. And Urban Meyer was trying by the end of the game to not score points. He's looking at his lineup card thinking, how can I not put up points on this team? It's impossible. I got six strainers scoring. I got defenses running back, you know, pick sixes. I, I don't know what to do. But I think Ohio State getting ready to go with their, with their season coming up uh, and Michigan as well. They're both on a collision course. Though Michigan State not looking great in their 28-13 win over Furman, but they're going to prepare to play spoiler as well. The Heisman race, we wanted to touch on that briefly with what Christian McCaffrey's doing against Kansas State. They only won by, thir by 14 points, uh, 13 points rather, but I think Kansas State is a solid team. Bill Snyder's been there forever. I mean, literally forever. Like, I don't remember a world without Bill Snyder in it. Uh... But McCaffrey having a good game. Stanford is not the type of team that's going to blow everybody out. Uh, Houston's win over Oklahoma. Man, I am such a chicken. I had that game circled on my betting calendar. Did not pull the trigger. Uh, money line was 400. I am an idiot. Houston, Tom Herman, H-Town takeover. As good a chance as anyone to make the college football playoff. Texas A&M upsetting. Well, I don't even think you could call it an upset. Betters wouldn't call it an upset. They weren't ranked so it was, but a 31-24 win in overtime. We didn't you know, address that in detail in the interview, but A&M looking good, shaking down the stretch. UCLA losing some weapons. You know, Josh Rosen will bounce back, but I don't think 
that was his best game. Still just a sophomore quarterback, hard to believe that. And the wide open race that, that is the Pac-12, some say Oregon could be back in the driver's seat. Some say it's Stanford again, but Washington, a surprise team uh, in that conference. Uh, but it's week one college football. No one knows what's going on. We, we could just sit here and talk about it for uh, for days, but one weekend will just change everything. And I know Bama's good. We can just keep keep talking about how good Alabama is and how bad you, you SC looked. But Nick Saban knows how to recruit. <laughs> he knows how to recruit, but he knows uh, how to figure out how to recruit, and that's half the battle. I'm not going to say anybody's doing anything illegal, but, I mean, yeah. If there was a team that was going to do anything illegal, it might be Alabama, I'm just saying that. Uh, but no, they're, they're getting the job done. They're doing it in between the lines as fair and as good as anybody. Notre Dame-Texas was the other betting game. We didn't talk about that game. will be played tonight at the time this podcast has been taped. Brian Kelly is undefeated against unranked teams when he is a ranked, when he's coaching a ranked team. Notre Dame had five players get arrested, roughly five. One kicked off the team, one suspended, three that probably aren't going to play in this game, but uh, their status is up in the air, not exactly the Notre Dame way, as I was told from Catholic school growing up. I'm rooting for Charlie Strong to do well this year, given all the uh, stuff he's had to put up with with his program. It's going to be tough. This is a game for him to have. That line is just too low for Notre Dame. I think Notre Dame wins, and I think they cover, um, but... It wouldn't shock me at this point, and I probably would have taken Texas had that the original opening line been good, but that has been shrinking a lot recently. Um, so we'll see what happens there. Okay, with that, we're going to go to Sean Sullivan on the line as we're going to talk SEC on the Money Mitch Effect, episode two of the podcast, Taking Over Your Internet Waves, one Afro pick at a time. Here's Sean Sullivan. What's going on, Mitch? There's Sean Sullivan. We're uh, doing episode two of the podcast, talking about college football. Really glad to have you here. Um, pretty interesting week. I know there's not too many people who are more excited to start a college football than you. I know, no doubt about it, man. I, I eat it up, and uh, definitely with the hype surrounding my Tennessee Volunteers, it's uh, it was a exciting time uh, waking up on Thursday knowing it was game day, but. Uh, turned out uh, was a little bit closer game than everybody was expecting. You know what's funny about that is uh, I know you take it as serious as anyone and have a lot of passion and pride in your volunteers. Oh yeah. Uh, having to work during that game and not getting to see it, but watching uh, a lot of the score the score updates, I knew it was a serious thing. I was putting out feelers on your well-being. You know, I'm not. I wasn't sure who you were hanging out with. <laughs> feelers. I'm like, make sure he's okay. You know. Oh yeah, no doubt. But in all seriousness, you know, week one, you don't really know a lot about what's going on with each team. Appalachian State, a lot better than people realize, you know, a top 50-ish team. What did you think going going into that game about Appalachian State, and what did you think about Tennessee, what they proved, or what they Uh, need to work with that game? I I think uh, going into it, we knew it was going to be a tough test, 11-2. They're a senior-laden team. That's a... That's a good ball club they have up there in the in the mountains, but uh, definitely uh, definitely did not expect an overtime game to say the least. No. Uh, I was expecting you know a close game through the first half, and then uh, Tennessee would pull away in the second. But um, uh, happy happy that the balls pulled it out and got the win. Uh, 
I don't think it's time to hit the panic button quite yet. Uh, that was kind of a perfect storm with, uh, you know, a good team coming in. We might have been overlooking them. And, um, you know, with the with the turnover early, they took the early lead, kind of shock you. Uh, losing one of your – probably the, the last person you want to lose on the defensive side of the ball and your, and your quarterback on the defense, uh, Jalen Reese-Maven, on, a, on, quite frankly, a terrible call uh, oh, yeah. to get him kicked out of that game. And then, and then uh, you know, um, uh, and then, of, of, you know, we, we were kind of shocked there right out the gates with those those two hits. So, uh, fortunate to get out of there with the win, but uh, I think Tennessee will get right back on track against Virginia Tech this week. Yeah, that's kind of my thing with, you know, I don't want to really take anything away from Appalachian State at small schools, but you look at playing someone week one versus any other time in the season, having all summer to prepare for one game. Right, get ready to make all the matchup adjustments, and that is when I think a team like that's the most dangerous, and a big school team like a Tennessee a top ten team is the most vulnerable. But what right. do you think of what do you think about Dobbs' performance? I know he's got a lot of oh. coming season, and it wasn't great. You know, he made plays when he needed to, right? Definitely not what I think a lot of people were expecting. No, everybody expected him to take the next steps. You know, uh, there. There's a couple of passes that are just inexcusable. The going into the second half, uh, throwing off your back foot, the triple coverage, uh, just kind of a prayer right there, heaving it up, and they pick it off, and that was uh, not not a not a decision you want to see from a senior quarterback. Uh, missed a couple guys uh, down the field, um, overthrown them, but uh, I, I've kind of given him a break, a little leeway on this one since. Uh, evidently, it was uh, there's only 20% of the offense at his disposal. I uh, kind of wanted to keep it light and give, didn't give Virginia Tech uh, Virginia Tech any any tape to watch early. Um, but yeah, it definitely not definitely not not a not a, not a good performance. And you know, I, I think he he graded out pretty poorly for sure. Yeah, I'm looking at the numbers now at 26.3 QBR. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely ways to improve, but. Plays down the stretch, you like to see big games coming up to really, you know, boost his resume. Right, right. But I know, right. You, I know you're breathing a sigh of relief. A couple bounces did go your way in overtime. That, uh-huh. that especially. Oh, yeah. no doubt about it. But you got to think too, like the negative flashback. Maybe it is a good omen for your year. The Georgia game two years ago, a bounce goes against your way in overtime, but this one, you know, right. it does go. Your way, so we'll see. Yeah, no, I think I think uh, I think coming back and winning a game in the fourth quarter is going to be a good experience for this team. Absolutely. Now uh, you mentioned not the panic button. If we talk about the SEC as a whole, right? You share that same uh, opinion. I'm, I'm looking at it, and I know you can't really judge Week One to be right. a, a to be the whole story. And one of those games was a conference game, but six losses Week One is not something you normally see from you know, the standard bearer conference in college football. How do you, how do you assess that? Oh yeah, no, I completely agree with you on that. That's, uh, you know, that's, that's, it doesn't look good. It's uh, the most losses in 25 years, the week one for the, for the SEC. That's, uh, it's not a good look, you know? I mean, you have some embarrassing losses here on, on, <laughs> as we're, as we're looking at that 21, 20 loss is probably the most glaring. Uh, with South Alabama going into Starkville and beating Mississippi State, that's not a good one. But then again, they, they, <laughs> Dan Mullen and the moving on from Dak Prescott wasn't exactly uh, looking for big things out of the Bulldogs this year. Um, you know, Wisconsin 
uh, in LSU. I think you could. I think it's not time to hit the panic button for Les Miles yet, but I'm sure he's ha- getting uh, uh, all the fire he can ha- handle in some on the on the radio calls down in Baton Rouge. I'm sure they're calling for his head after last year. Uh, Arkansas, yeah, that's uh, squeaking by the the powerhouse Louisiana Tech Bulldogs. Um, and then you know, I mean, yeah, it's, it's it's a slow start, but I think it's it's kind of the same thing you could kind of say with Tennessee, and then just expand it out to the whole conference. It's a slow start, but it, I mean, it's week one. Uh, I think you can almost give a pass and wait and see to to see how uh, how these teams do for the rest of the season. I mean, it's, yeah. you had you had you had you had a few teams really make some statements like A and M and Georgia, um, but yeah, as a whole, definitely definitely not a good performance this weekend. Oh, yeah, you're right there. And I think the biggest thing to look at this would be, to, the way to look at this would be each loss you got to treat differently. Some right. Or quite frankly expected, the Clemson-Auburn game. Uh, right. One of those. Um, others were inexcusable, like Mississippi State. And some of the wins were, were not good. Kentucky right. was the one that got me. Kentucky Southern Miss, I believe, correct me if I'm wrong here, that was the uh, former offensive coordinator for Kentucky just coming back and dropping 44 Yeah, hours. right. Yeah, and and Kentucky had a big lead. They were up by you know twenty or so uh, going into that second half, and Southern Miss reels off you know a bunch of unanswered points. And yeah, that's not that's not good. That's not good at all for the Kentucky Wildcats. Tough day for the Stutes brothers, right? Wasn't it? I mean, you yeah. got a, you got a loss for Kentucky, and then of course Bob getting beat by Houston, which uh, isn't quite as embarrassing as losing to Southern Miss for sure. No, it's certainly not. Now. You know, we we talked about the Clemson Auburn game briefly. Uh-huh. I think looking at it, Auburn would play them tough, and they did. Clemson yeah. looked like the team. Right, but man. I gotta ask you, what <laughs> do you think that Davo Sweeney's clock management and some of those decisions are gonna oh. bite him the road? Oh, that, if, if that he doesn't. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if he if he doesn't if he if Auburn goes down and scores there at the end of the game, like that, that, that is just a glaring issue that your, your head coach up by six goes for it on fourth down. Like what, what are you doing there on that in your own end? You kick that field goal, make it two scores and, and go out of there with the victory. Like I that, that, that will definitely bite you. Like you can't do something like that. that gets the Florida state, you know, uh, and expect it to come out as squeaky clean as they did. They were fortunate to, to hear it. Like that's, that's a, uh, that's a that's a that's a rowdy environment, and from especially what we've seen from Auburn in the past, with uh, with crazy game ending, you know, victories, you, you just can't leave it up to chance like that. No, and and you know that's why I was joking around about it. They were, I think, eight point favorites. You almost wonder if Davo had the points in that game. Yeah, right. I mean, yeah. I know. I know the kicker put one off the upright, but to just completely bail on your kicking game and to even have guys running out of bounds like that—that's me falling. Right. And honestly, in the championship game last year against Alabama. I right. thought he made some questionable decisions with some of the moves he made, not just in time management, but in using special teams. Yeah. Um, you know, even when the punter went rogue, as he said last year. Right. Uh, you know, I just think that falls on the head coach and, and what he's trying to do. Uh, yeah. But, know. no, Clemson looked good. Auburn, I, I think they'll be they'll be competitive, but they definitely, you know, had trouble keeping up with the speed uh, half the uh, a good portion of that game last night. Yeah, I agree, and uh, I think uh, defensively they're going to be a okay. So that'll put you, they'll keep you in a lot of ball games. But man, I think they just need to pick a quarterback between those three guys. Like that's uh, 
Franklin, obviously, from last chance, you looked pretty good. But, yeah, I think, I, think, uh, I wasn't too impressed with White. And, uh, yeah, they, they need to pick one and go with it because that offense is, is, is pretty atrocious. Now, you know the offense that wasn't too atrocious was their uh, in-state counterpart, Alabama. Oh, my and gosh. We talk, talk a lot of betting on this show that we've just gotten off the ground. But I yeah. didn't think Alabama would cover the over-under by themselves last night. I know. <laughs> too yeah. You know, that, that that was lethal. And I know SC's going through some issues. Max Brown started his first game, a beat-up offensive line. But Alabama basically took the first quarter off and still put up 52 points. Right, right. Yeah, no, Lane Kiffin would have put up another 52 if he had the chance going up against his old team. But, yeah, that that was an impressive performance by the Crimson Tide. I think it's uh, they're the clear head favorite at number one right now. And, and then it's everybody else chasing for that for the other three spots because uh, they're going to be they're going to be a tough tough team to handle and it, they're only going to get better you know I mean that's that's a that's a young quarterback on their end too that's that's you know going to get more experience and just just keep putting things together and as Nick Saban said at the end of the game uh, it, it just talk about the process he was you know saying we got to get better offensively well <laughs> I don't know how much better you can get than, than putting up 52 points in a, in, a, in a stage like that. Yeah, what, what really frightens me as somebody that doesn't want to see Alabama win another championship or a, a oh, fan yeah. of any other, team, any other team really in college football right. is they put 52 points when usually it's their offense that needs a couple of weeks to get going. And some of their star guys didn't even didn't even do much. Ridley was a non-factor. Right. Most Scarborough had a decent, had, you know, 36 yards and a touchdown. But imagine if those guys get rolling. I know, I know, and then we forget about Howard too. That tight end. I mean, he's he's good for a championship game again. You would think, you know, where he just goes off for three touchdowns. But yeah, like it's it's a it's that's a scary scary offense that that Lane Kiffin gets to gets to toy with, and 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 yeah. Saban Saban obviously has the defensive side of the ball locked down. So those guys are going to be tough to stop. And we got to see vengeful Lane Kiffin last night. Yes. Uh, Going for revenge, dishing out that, and I don't know if you saw the tweet he put out today, but dishing out the game ball timestamp and when he got fired by USC at the airport. Oh my gosh, it's so great. Oh. No, I, and I'm not the, I'm not a Lane Kiffin fan by any means, but I no. respect the revenge factor. You know, proving something to the oh. team that let you go. Oh, certainly. You get, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta give it up to Joey Freshwater. The guy, the guy got his revenge for sure. I mean, you know he wanted this bad. He definitely wanted this one bad, and and he got it. They 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 pummeled those Trojans. It wasn't good a good day to be a Trojan. Uh, no. But another game that I was actually interested in, it kind of got overshadowed by everything else that was going on. But Georgia beat North Carolina. This was a pretty even matchup. Wayne Kirby's first game as a head coach of Georgia, and they rallied to win. You know, at the end in a pretty competitive one. But it's got to start, and quite frankly, end with what Nick Chubb's able to do on the ground. I mean, that guy, to recover from an injury, Sully, like he has, and right. to still have, not just be effective, but to still have all the explosiveness was just something. Oh, I, I, can, I completely agree, man. It's good to see him out there after that devastating knee injury against Tennessee last year, and I'm, I'm, I'm happy for him to be able to bounce back. But, uh, yeah, you're right. You're completely right. That offense goes straight through Nick Chubb, and he is an absolute talent. Um, you know, I've heard I've heard uh, 
certain people say that are I'm not not saying that I'm a, a, a doctor by any means, but certain people are saying you know the 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 knee injury is the, is the new you know elbow or shoulder or whatever what they're able to do to bounce back, but that doesn't take anything away from Nick Chubb because that thing was gruesome. But I mean, oh, yeah. yeah, no doubt about it. That to be able to bounce back and immediately put up a put up a couple couple touchdowns and you know go well over 100 yards. That's that's a that's a heck of an accomplishment for the Bulldogs. You know, I think North Carolina is going to prove that they're not, you know, a, a terrible team. This isn't a bad loss by any means. But one no. quick note to Georgia, Sully, do you think it's time to just give the keys to the freshman quarterback? Uh, I, Kirby yeah. mentioned that wanna, he, didn't, he wasn't going to decide, but I think anybody that watched that game saw who the better player was last night. Oh, no doubt. Grayson Lambert doesn't – we know what he, he can do. He doesn't do anything. He's not flashy. Um, and just, just I don't think he's – uh, the, the ceiling is the ceiling is is is, is, is low com- compared to Jacob Beeson. That's just uh, you know has all the tools, has all the traits um, that you that you want to see. And obviously, uh, they, I, I think uh, he's the future of the program. So why not give him the keys now? I don't think Lambert Lambert gives you anything that that is uh, is 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 really going to be good for the Bulldogs compared to compared to a guy that has a very very high ceiling. And um, you know if he gets hot, watch out. Oh, absolutely, and, and I would go Easton as well because we mentioned earlier. I mean, the offense is going to run through Nick Chubb. It's mm-hmm. not like you Easton to be throwing. Yeah, he doesn't have to carry it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think Georgia's going to be a player in the SEC based on some things that we're seeing. You know, some early trends. I think there's a lot of talent there. Oh, well, no uh, doubt, and, and they uh, they they get Tennessee at home too, so that that definitely helps their chances in the East. Now. I think the worst loss, I think we can kind of, I mean, we mentioned Mississippi State, but LSU being a top five team, losing to an unranked Wisconsin, who will be back in the rankings uh, right. after this week. But offensively, why can't, well, let's start here, Sully. Why can't LSU rec- recruit a, comp- a competent quarterback to save their lives? I have no idea. No idea. That's, I mean, you would think if you're, if you're a quarterback, a five-star, you're looking at that defense. You know you're going to be in every ball game you play, uh, and then you look at the toys you get to play with on offense, and, you, and it's not all on you. That's, that's just like the uh, very similar to Georgia. Um, you get you get to you get to turn the you get to turn around and hand the ball off to a hell of a running back, and and there's there'd be not as much pressure on on you as comparatively. You know, like that's it's not your offense. So why why wouldn't you go to LSU? Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, Brandon I, I, Jennings Jennings just that that. That that decision there in the fourth quarter of driving to to win that game, um, all you need is a field goal, and uh, you just need to throw that ball out of bounds instead of you know. I was say, man, I've seen some bad throw, bad college throws in my day. Man, just the decision making can you can take a sack, do whatever. I mean, geez. Right? Yeah. A, a, a sack would have been much better in that situation. I mean, you're you're still on Wisconsin side of the the, the field. Uh, it's, it's only second down. You still have a couple more downs to go, and, and, and you, you, you make a, a horrendous decision and, and, and cost yourself the, the game. I mean, that's that's not that's not good for the for the LSU Tigers. They're hoping he could just do just enough to be able to win some ball games, and he obviously showed he's just not just not capable of doing it in the in the big spots. No, I, I I don't know what their other options are off the top of my head, but I think it's time to move on. Uh, yeah. Let's see. Uh, and the other, with Wisconsin, you know what they're going to do. There's no gadget plays. There's no trick plays. Mm-hmm. You know, they 
they were, you know, what they were going to do, blue-collar football, and, you know, you can't score. You get all, you get the help from your defense because, really, they could have got shut out if it wasn't for a few plays by their defense. Right. Uh, oh, yeah, no doubt. Yeah, I mean, LSU had, had a, were able to force a couple turnovers and give themselves some short fields. But, but yeah, they, they, they didn't pull, put together an entire drive against that Wisconsin defense. They, uh, they, they got to give credit to them on the defensive side of the ball. Um, that and Justin Wilcox too, being able to come up uh, with uh, a game plan um, to stop Leonard Fournette. I mean, they, they stack the box, and I think the rest, the rest, the rest of the the, the country is looking at it. if you have LSU on your schedule, they're going to put all that game tape and do exactly what Wisconsin was able to or try to do what Wisconsin was able to do and and uh, stack the box against them. Yeah, it's pretty – I mean, it's scary to think what Leonard Fournette would do if there was a solid passing game. But yeah. without it, it just seems pretty pretty simplistic how you would stop this team, stack the box, and make anybody who's at behind center for I mean, he, he still He still went for 130 yards, so, I mean, he had a decent yeah. game. But, yeah, yeah, I mean, that's about the quietest 130 I've ever seen. <laughs> It's gonna yeah exactly, and it's gonna be a, a rough couple months for uh, Les Miles. Now they don't play Bama until I think early November, right? Uh, with you know that might be a, a expiration date if things aren't going very well. You know, right. I don't wanna, I don't no, I, I completely agree there. There's still one SEC game left to go. Sitting here with Sean Sullivan on the uh, podcast here, and um, it's Ole Miss tomorrow night taking on Florida right. State. Miss number eleven, Florida State number four. Uh, but before we get into that, there was something I wanted to go over with you. They have the new playoff odds are out. Oh, really? Uh, gonna make it now. This is pretty interesting. Bama nine to two, surprise there. You yeah. got Clemson, Ohio State, and Florida State who hasn't played yet all six to one. Michigan eight to one. Your Volunteers sit at twelve to one, and surprisingly, LSU still at fifteen to one. Yeah, I think uh, LSU, uh, they have plenty of opportunities, like you know, we were talking there, but if they run the table and, and you win the SEC, you're still going to be in the playoffs. Like, the, the SEC is going to put in a squad. Um, so it, it's definitely not a nail in the coffin, as it were, but they still have a shot. But, yeah, you're right. It's Alabama and everybody else. Um, you brought up brought up uh, Hot State Michigan. Both those teams put up, put up some numbers, didn't they? <laughs> Wow, I mean they uh, they took yeah. care of business. Uh, granted, it was Hawaii and Bowling Green that they were playing, but yeah, they both they look they both look really well, really good as well in week one. The smartest bet might be the hedge Ohio State and Michigan because they're probably going to play at the end of the season to get into the playoff Final Four. Right, <laughs> and then you know you have one guaranteed team there. But how about this for for a reach team that might be a realistic bet? Twenty to one, Houston. Hmm. Ooh. I like that, especially after what we saw yesterday, man. Oh my gosh, Greg Ward was able to do it with his arm, uh, and and that's that's a heck of a Oklahoma team they beat. That was a couple teams that uh, I feel like are going to make a run, and and Houston doesn't have anybody on their schedule until they play Louisville uh, in November, so they're going to be in the picture um, and just continue to take if they continue to take care of business. Um, and and not not stub their toe against the Memphis or somebody, um, then yeah they're gonna they're just gonna keep keep uh, climbing in the standings and as everybody else kind of beats each other up you know. Yeah, favorite. They're gonna be favorite in every single game they play probably from right. here on out. So right. yeah, I think if they went out, it would take some extraordinary circumstances, a couple you know under, other undefeated teams and 
you know, some interesting set of circumstances to keep them out of the four-game playoff. And from there, with what Tom Herman's doing, you know, they've got as good a chance as anyone. Now let's uh, bow on this with the Ole Miss-Florida State game, 11 versus number four, playing that game in Orlando. Uh, you're looking at about Mississippi State, or Mississippi, rather, being six-point underdogs. That seems, that seems pretty fair, but I definitely think they have a realistic chance to win tomorrow. Would you agree with that? Oh, I completely agree. Um, Chad Kelly's a, a heck of a player, and if you get, get, Chad, you get good Chad Kelly, then uh, they, they're going to have a shot with just about everybody. Um thing that worries me a little bit is they obviously lost uh, lost a lot on defense, um, so they're going to have to deal with Dalvin Cook without you know, guys like Kim Dietschy. Um And, you know, I think – but. Chad, like I said, can keep you in a whole lot of games. Um, and then on the flip side, DeAndre Francois is starting, you know, is, uh, you know, is not, not exactly the most experienced quarterback. Uh, so um, we, we don't know what we're going to see out of him. So uh, you have a with a um, with a, 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 a inexperienced quarterback that's that's that leaves a lot of question marks on an offensive side of the ball. Obviously. Like a lot like Jacob Eason, he can turn around and hand the ball off to Dalvin Cook and, and, and or you know, make the easy pass and the swing pass to Dalvin Cook and that guy can take it to the distance. So uh you still have to worry about him. But, you know, anything can happen and I I certainly certainly think that Ole Miss is gonna have a shot. That that's I circled that game for sure a while back and that that that's uh that might be the game of the game of the weekend. You know you know, you're looking at it with all these question marks, it's pretty hard to predict how it's gonna go down. But mm-hmm. I do agree with Florida State's offense is going to run through Delvin Cook with the inexperience of quarterback with, you know, a lot of uncertainty in their passing game. Can Mississippi, who lost a lot of players on offense and defense, can they right. stop? That's going to be the question mark. And I, I'm with you on Kelly. I think he's a, he's a big game player. But, you know, who's going to be the, who are going to be his targets? No more Spudwell. You know, who's going to be the guy to kind of help him out in the passing mm-hmm. game? I, this game circled, too. you got two coaches that are – you know, great on field and off field. That's another story. We'd have to. <laughs> yeah, it's certainly. Gone on, under the under the reins of Jimbo Fisher and Hugh Freeze, mm-hmm. but I, I like both as in game managers. Um, no, I think this is going to be an unpredictable game. I do think though the game being in Orlando with how Florida State fans are, I think that's going to give them a push. And I think this could be one of those rare games where you'll see a team win but not cover because I, I do think Florida State is probably going to edge this one out. But mm-hmm. I think it's be a nail biter. And on the flip side, though, if Ole Miss wins this game, I mean they're right in the mix of being a major player. You know, oh no doubt about it. Yes, you see. No doubt about it. I completely agree with you there. If they're they're able to come away with a marquee win like this on the national stage in front of the nation, that's going to propel them straight up to the top, and uh, they they and just um, puts even more emphasis on that Alabama game here in a few weeks, uh, and. Just, uh, like we said earlier, Alabama obviously is the number one team in the nation right now. But heck, if if, uh, if Ole Miss is able to pull this one off, they're not going to be too far behind them. They'll be, you know, uh, what, they're sitting at eleven, like you said. They'll, you know, they'll be a top ten team. They'll be six, seven, eight. I'd say if you're able to knock off Florida State. Absolutely. Well, before I let you go, one final thing: Week Two coming up in the SEC play. There's not really a lot of marquee games coming up this week, but, you know, your team probably has the has the matchup of the week, Virginia mm-hmm. Tech, Tennessee, in Bristol. 
you know, we're not sure what the volunteers are going to be ranked. It's probably going to, they're probably going to slip a little bit, but this is a chance to kind of regain some points in what's looking like going to be the biggest college football game ever played attendance-wise. Yeah, I know. It's going to be 160,000 people. Absolutely electric. But, uh, I've, I've been to Bristol. It is, but obviously for a race. Um, and it is a, it is a great atmosphere. Um, and uh, it, it's, it's going to be it's going to be quite a sight to see. Uh, game day, game two. So, you know, night game, it's going to be under the lights. It's going to be awesome. But, yeah, Virginia Tech didn't look too good this week. Uh, had, to, had to really pull away from Liberty late. But, um, yeah, I think you're right. Tennessee's going to right the ship and be able to pull this one out for sure. All right, man. I appreciate it, Sully. Thanks for, uh, for stopping by here. The only guy I've ever seen cheer on a Tennessee baseball game during the NBA playoffs. <laughs> no doubt about it. No doubt about it, man. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. All right, big thanks to Sean Sullivan for stopping by and chopping it up about college football. That's the thing with this podcast. We're going to go all over the globe. We're going to go to different sports. Tennis episode one. College football episode two. A lot of other sports from now until whenever they take this away from me or I decide to stop doing it, but I don't think that's going to be anytime soon. And we did talk tennis episode one. That's going to be coming back in episode three, a round table with uh, a couple of my dearest friends from the TC world, the tennis channel world that will be coming up next. There's a lot going on. A couple uh, upsets at the U S open. Serena just keeps winning. You know, that's not going to change. I think we'll be talking about Serena Wing until she's about 55 or so. So that's going to do it for this edition of the Money Mitch Effect. You can find us on SoundCloud. Money Mitch signing off, episode two. Thank you for listening. You have a wonderful rest of the day.